Cash Color Campus, high level of conversation on LiveHipHopDaily.tv. And this episode is sponsored by Peak Relief. Peak Relief out of Rockville, Maryland. Make sure you stop by their location. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Peak Peak Relief. Peak, oh, Peakstagram, excuse me. But I'm going to make sure I'm going to correct that when I do the um, actual caption later tonight. But I got my boy Roscoe Dash with me. Roscoe, what's good? What's going on, man? Ain't nothing, brother, man. Look, appreciate you for coming through with us, man. Having me. And you know, it's crazy because we had just briefly mentioned that we had Drummer Boy on last week. And when I. Bro, when we had drum on, I thought about you. I was like, now nah, I wish we had Roscoe on tonight. We could have really got into some whole other stories, see man. Look, let's see I got work. Yeah, man. But hey, let's hey. Let, let's get into some basics, man, because I, I do want to get into some background about how you got into music and all that before we go into anything further. Okay. So uh, before we get started, man, how did you find yourself into music? Like, what made you link up and link up that way? Um, man, music has always been like a part of my bloodline. My mom played the clarinet. Um the flute, any type of woodwind instrument. Work. My brother was producing. He's 10 years older than me, so naturally I wanted to just follow everything yeah. he was doing. Is that a band family? Y'all a band family? Basically, yeah. We're kind of like a band family. Mm. But I would call it like a little bit more advanced than that just because, you know, this is when the time when like Fruity Loops first came out. Like yeah. the original, we on Fruity Loops 20 now. Yeah. Okay? Ooh. So you know. I didn't even yeah. notice that. So 20 <laughs> okay. editions like, ain't no Fruity Loops. Is, this is the original Fruity Loops back when Fruity Loops 3 and all that was coming out. Like you didn't even have FL Studio yet. We was just on the number thing. So um, I started back then, like, Taking the old cassette tape. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you could take like an old cassette tape in a boombox yeah. and like put a piece of paper in the uh, in the cassette. Uh, hell and yeah! And record over it. Yes, you so could. That's what I was on. That was the original mixtape. I, I was about to say that's original mixtape shit, man. Like yeah, yeah. You do that with VHS yeah. um, tapes too. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So we started out with that, banging <laughs> on the lunch tables and all that good stuff. And then by the time I got to high school. I was literally going to buy a spool of Memorex CDs, and I was sitting down burning 300 CDs a night to take to my school the next day and sell them for five dollars. And it came to a point where people was paying me ten to just hold it to the end of the day or hold them a copy to the next day. That's when I knew I had a talent. I'm like, okay. So then I was always bad growing up. I, a lot of people say they misunderstood. I was bad. Ah, uh, yeah. He just kept kept it funky. Out, I got kicked out of a lot of schools. Okay, <laughs> probably went to alternative school and they sent me back to regular school. I was, <laughs> like, I was bad. <laughs> so. Um, Naturally, it like ended my sports stuff. I played basketball and football growing up. Okay. Then it forced me, that and me having a daughter at 16, 17 years old, forced me to have to rely on something else other than just... So you was that level of bad. Yeah, so you was getting yeah, kicked out of schools, yeah. having babies, making mm-hmm. music? Yeah, totally. Yeah, the real Mr. Steele. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, by the time I turned 18, I ended up going... Well, really, by the time I, by the time I turned 17, I got kicked out for the last time in my mind. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go get my GED and get ahead of like all, everybody in my class that's like going to go into the medical field because he was in a recession at that time. Mm. So um, in the midst of me doing that, I got my GED, aced that easy in like a week or two, went on to start college for like two weeks, and then turned up, popped off like in the midst of me doing that. So, that's crazy. Yeah, it just like it was, I don't know, it just happened like that. You know what, but side note, now that you you had mentioned that how, you know, back in the day you would, you would record over tapes, like mm-hmm. VHS and audio by putting a little paper there, popping out the little side um, little um, um, tab. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I got to go back to Boston in October, and I really got to clean out that basement because there's plenty of VHS tapes in there that I know ain't the same movie. Look, I know for a fact Booty Talk like five (laughs) is on one of them tapes. (laughs) Booty Talk 5 is on one of them tapes. Let me go clean that out now that you said something. They're on Booty Talk like 100. They really are. They really are. Booty Talk is like an institution in the black community. Like, like Booty Talk ain't going nowhere. <laughs> they right? got the elevator music. See, bro, Booty Talk, like, for real, like, I know this is a huge, like, I just jumped off a whole nother page, but Booty Talk, like, don't act like y'all did not grow up on Booty Talk. Like, you grew up having to turn the volume all the way all down. Way down. <laughs> 
And now that you said something, I gotta go clean my mama's house because yeah. yeah, this most yeah. like yeah. And she 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 has a VCR, and I don't want her to literally pop that I was in about one to day. Say, you better find it before she does. Think it's Home yeah. Alone, and this Home Alone XXX. You ain't never too old. You ain't never too old to get an ass with me, and you ain't never too old to get cussed out. Never, never, bro. So you was in school when um all when all the way turned up popped off. Basically, yeah. Okay. So like um I was I was in college, yeah. So I didn't really <laughs> I don't even think I went to a a class core class. <laughs> I think I just went through the testing and the placement yeah. testing and in case my nephew's watching this, stay in school. Stay in. <laughs> stay no, in real, school, real, bro. Real, like stay, I don't need that. Stay in, no, for sure. Yeah. But um that's just how my story played out, man. And then I was blessed to like be in a situation with a lot of different people that were kind of up there in the game like yeah. early on with me, which put me exposed me to, you know, yeah. different relationships that helped me create this longevity. So. Yeah. And is this, is this crazy? Like, I feel like I read this. Did your name, Roscoe Dash, come from a comic book? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's crazy. But look, let me tell you. So yeah. it's like, yes and no, because yeah, it came from a comic book character, but it was like a whole bunch of them. So you know, you used to have to get those like, uh, those little two column things. You draw the line, the lines look all crazy, but you're trying to match things up yeah. like that. So I would literally do that in like, Mix match names until I found something. I had some terrible ass names. I'm not even going. Like what was it? Some what was some of the names before Roscoe Dash? I'm gonna give you one, but that's all. I'm I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you what Travis Porter used to call me when we was on the road, and I'm gonna give you what (laughs) what I (laughs) what I came up with by myself, right? So uh, at first, before all of that, my name was Young ATL. That was when I originally made the song. If you listen to the original, I was gonna say, well, I feel like I heard that name before Young ATL. You'll hear it because it's like uh, ATL. Get money, like all that come on before the actual original turned up come on. But yeah. then uh, I changed it and I was like, man, I should come up with something else. I really grew up loving Ace Ventura so, and everybody was flexing at the time. So I came up with Flex Ventura. That was a name. Oh, no, nah, that was yeah, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, not then uh, <laughs> all the homies used to call me Spook back in the gap. So that okay. was another thing, too. Travis will tell you that. that was, they used to call me Spook. I was like, Spook, Spook, what's going on? I was like, nah, y'all not going to do that. So I came up with Roscoe Dad. I needed a two-name thing. I feel you, man. I'm glad you didn't go with Flex Ventura. Thank you. Yeah, that, I'm that, glad that, I didn't either. That, that, was that, trash. Was, that wasn't the name. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the name. Trash. And also, you know, doing my, doing my Nardawar research, I think I've, you were an engineer when you first started. Like, it wasn't necessarily rap. Like, you were more no behind choice. the scenes. Mm-hmm. That's what's yeah. up. So being an engineer and being behind the scenes, you're actually a person who helps kind of put the music together and help the song come to life. Absolutely. What did you learn about putting together songs properly by being an engineer? That structure is the most important thing. And sound quality. Because now, I'll tell you this. So many people will get on my social medias or even when I come in contact with them and they'll be like, man, I grew up on this song or I grew up on that song. And then I go back and listen to that song and be like, this shit sounds terrible, bro. Like, the mix yeah. on this is trash. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then you couldn't tell me that. I was yeah. like... We dropping this shit tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this shit coming out tomorrow. Uh-huh, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So like, that's what I learned is that even now when I try to give people feedback on their songs and stuff, it's just about the mix is the most important thing, bro. Like, it's, yes, that is that and the structure of the song is most important. My daughter, I got um, a 13 year old. She's just now starting to take uh, audio engineering class. She came home three days ago, four days ago with a beat. Now, I didn't know what to expect at first when she told me that she made a beat, but when she put the beat on, it actually had snare rolls, drum rolls, breaks in it, all this shit. I'm like, dang, how you learn how to, you know what I mean? But like, that's because she's been paying attention and she's like, okay, I only thing I had to tell her was how to structure a song, not to make your hook so long, not to make your, you know what I mean? Yeah. That type of thing. But other than that, she's right on the money. That's what's up, man. So you actually, you know, you cut your teeth behind the scenes and mm-hmm. you, you learned a lot about that. And you had mentioned that when you were in college, um, all the way turned up popped off. Yep. Being behind the scenes, I'm pretty sure you knew that the music game could be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because again, oh, when all the way turned up came out, it was probably the first of, I, I can think of four songs that I was pretty sure Roscoe Dash did. 
But I but when I heard it on the radio, it came off of somebody else. Yeah. So let's talk about the first one, which was okay. all the way turned up. In the mix of that coming out, because I know it's, it's you and Travis Porter, mm-hmm. it sounded like radio made it sound like it was a Travis Porter record. Yeah. But if you listen to the song, yeah. it sounds like Roscoe Dash and, record. And the crazy thing is, too, just to piggyback off of that, yeah. there's a lot of songs like that that I'm on. If you just go pay attention to the song, you'll be able to tell, like, okay, this is probably Because I, I have a gift of being able to tell that by somebody else. Somebody might come out with a song, uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'll be like, oh... Drake wrote that, or oh, Sutton Seth wrote. Oh, that. I do that with I Diddy just, all I just day. Period. I do that with Diddy all day. You could listen to Diddy and tell exactly mm-hmm. who wrote this yeah, song. Sure. Like old man Wildin, mm-hmm. like Styles P and Jadakiss made him sound like a, a genius. Yeah, like that's for a sure. amazing. And don't get me wrong, I've been in the studio with, with Diddy before, yeah. and like he'll come up with some lines. He's he's still got a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like that. It's a difference, you know. Like mm-hmm. just, you can hear it. You can hear it. So when um, All The Way Turned Up came out, you know there was the confusion of Travis Porter and then there's Roscoe Dash. Like, how did you feel about that initially, especially being a newer artist and just trying to make sure that you get your name out there? Like, was it an upsetting feeling? Like, did it break? Did it, like, did it mess up any bonds between y'all and Travis Porter or anything? We had our moments. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, like, we all grew up together in a sense. And mm. that doesn't mean necessarily, like, years and years and years like middle school and all that stuff like that but that means we grew up like we transitioned in life together you know what i'm saying so like there was times when we was all on the road together and it might have been it might have been comfortable for me some nights and some nights it wasn't you know what i mean that was me coming into who i am to be like all right maybe i need to figure out how to do my own thing you know what i mean that's not to say anything against y'all but it's just like i don't want to damage what y'all got going on either you know what i'm saying it's three of y'all already so like Who's going to be the fourth one? Yeah. Destiny's Child, you know what I'm saying? What are we doing? You know what I mean? So, like, but we did have our moments. I'm not going to lie, but I think that to answer your question, at first I had moments where it was, like, upsetting or it was, like, shocking. It was even heartbreaking to me. At Sometimes I was like, damn, like, I get a break and I literally put my, everything I had. I remember what I was doing when I made Turned Up, so that comes into play for me. You know what I mean? What was going on in my life at that time, and it's like, damn this is being bartered as like somebody else's stuff. This is like, you know what I mean? So, but then mature me was like, okay, you can look at this from one of two ways. Like this could be an opportunity. It's all about perspective, basically. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, this can be portrayed as somebody else's song, but in the same sense, this could be an opportunity for me to get even more exposure than the song would have came out if, well, then I would have got off the song if it came out as a Roscoe Dash song. Really, you see really, what I'm saying? Really. And then on top of that, with the Soldier Boy move, that got the attention for the Soldier Boy thing. You know what I'm saying? To get him on the record. And I don't care what nobody say, Soldier Boy did a lot for the culture. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to he me, really I, was like, I was like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the only way I'm going to combat this is to do something like this. So, that's yeah. where that play came in to, to swap it out and do a new version. Okay. And uh, so, another song, um, Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay. Oh, man. Where was you at when that record came about? And, and talk to us about that record right there Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay, you, Big Sean, and Kanye West. All right. So, it's a two part story. So, the first part of this <laughs> is. Um, I was in LA working with Atlantic on like some, I think it was like T-Pain, Flo Rida, uh, Trey Songs. Um, that sounds like a lot of money about to be made. It was a lot of stuff. <laughs> they just had me working on just like yeah. different stuff. I think Tip was about to get out at one time. I made some stuff on, on some Tommy Guns beats for Tip. Drake was just starting to pop. This is right before the uh, first album that he had mm. came out. So it was like a lot of opportunity to get a lot of different placements. So that's how I got the beat. Because okay. the beat is not something that I'll be like, oh, let me get this. You know okay. what I mean? So I did, the, <laughs> I did the beat, and I couldn't figure out how to come on the verses because it's like a complete switch from that it is, from the hook melody, right? Mm. So it sat on my computer for like two years, no cap. Sat on my computer for about two years. I get this play where I bring Geffen into my Interscope situation, um, 
And they are also managing Kanye, Nicki, all these different people at the time. So this is what got me into good music play. You okay. know what I'm saying? So I go to New York to the Mercer, the famous Mercer Hotel that everybody was working at for the Watch the Throne and all that stuff. I'm there. Walk into the room. First of all, when I get on the elevator, the A&R is like, I need to tell you something. <laughs> so that's already a red flag. He's like, he's like, I need to tell you something. I'm like looking at him like, bro, this is the wrong time to tell me some shit that's going to throw my mind. I'm about to go upstairs with Kanye West, bro. I'm already spooked. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. He's like, man. Sometimes they can be a little like, you know, just don't don't take anything they say or do. And he was like giving me the disclaimers and shit. But they ended, I ended up not having a situation like that. Yeah. Nonetheless, I go into the room. It's like Big Sean, Kid Cudi, Pusha T, like everybody, you name it. Everybody, Mike Dean, everybody's in there. Noah that Jay was talking about on the extended mm-hmm. beat, Noah, all of them in there, right? Cudi reaching to this big ass bag. I'm like, man, I need some weed. He going, oh, you need weed? <laughs> Kid Cudi got it on him. I immediately felt at home then. (laughs) The next part of this that scared me was when Kanye goes around the room, he does this round table thing. I love him for this. Like he takes people, it could be a screenwriter, it could be a novelist, it could be an actor, actress, whatever. Different people from all different walks of life, he's going to put them in a room together. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to talk about topics and he's going to play certain songs, he's going to ask certain questions, just get different perspectives on it. And then he uses that information to write the rest of the record. So he does market research? (laughs) <laughs> like before he does a record? This is how Jesus came about. This really? Is how a lot of this stuff came about. Okay. Right? Makes okay. sense now. Not to be on my 6 9 shit, but this is how a lot of this stuff came <laughs> about. Right? So look. <laughs> no, this is perfectly fine to discuss. We're not. So, 6 9 is a whole nother story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it's Nikki so Barnes' story. He he got to me. He went around the room, had a couple of different people play some stuff. Like, yeah. I'm going after all these people that I just named to you, right? So I'm the last person. He's like, all right, play something. After he get done playing, like, some of the. He played No Church in the Wild. He played, like, uh couple of different songs I've watched the throne so I'm blown away already, yeah, already. at this moment you know yeah. he's like all right Roscoe you play something let's see what you got all the way drop I don't know what to do you know what I'm saying yeah. so I played a couple songs songs was dope woo, woo. I got the Marvin Gaye Chardonnay I played that first three seconds of it I'm talking about as soon as the beat go as soon as he got to that part give me this right now give me the jump record just like that I went home I'm gonna skip past the rest of the story I went home two weeks later it came out as a big Sean song with, um, I actually met Sean the week before in the club, and I heard about the record, but I hadn't heard the record specifically. So that was my all-in-one. Go to inter- go to the internet. I think it came out the same day as Marvin's Room with Drake. So it was like a competing record. With mm. two, you know what I mean? Like it had a, got a lot of exposure. Ended up being what it was. Smash. That's when we shot the video next week, it was out of here. Hype Williams is there. I'm like yeah. blown away. I'm like, bro, my life is just not my life no more. Like that's crazy, <laughs> man. That's crazy. Yeah. And then we got the record we discussed last week with Drummer Boy, No Hands, oh, and he walked us through that scene because yeah. it was almost like a mob scene, like you said with, with, with um, Kanye, because mm-hmm. Gucci had just got out of mm-hmm. uh, jail. I'm talking about you can't move in there. It's like the club. He told us. He said, yeah. yo, when he got the patchwork, he said it was like all the A room, mm-hmm. the B room, everything yeah. was booked. You literally walked in there. Mm-hmm. You had everybody from Wale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to mm-hmm. motherfucker. Everybody was in that room trying to trying to record. Yeah. And you was in the corner, he told us, he said, yo, so I put this beat on, he said, I turn around, I saw Roscoe just bobbing his head. Yep. Bobbing right, his head. Bobbing hey, his head. Come here, let me tell you something real quick. <laughs> I'm about to go in here and do this. this. Is all I need you to do right here to do that. And we got one. All right, cool. And that's what he said. He said when you got into the he said when he got in the booth, he said all you heard was the hook was like, hey, lay, lay, you do it. He mm-hmm. said, next thing you know, you saw a walker come in the room. It was like, okay. Yeah. All right. See, because this is the thing, like me, me and Walker have always been really good friends, right? So I'm probably one of the only people that can like have certain conversations with him and it go good <laughs> you know what i'm saying so like we sitting there just like how me and you talk i'm like man he's like man i don't know about this beat he had another beat that he was gonna do we actually had a whole another style of music that we was about to get ready to introduce that same day okay but we skipped that to go to no hands because i told him i said bro women love you bro just for being you just for going wild doing all that like they love you so if you give them a record they're gonna love you for the rest of your life that's all you got to do is one of these yeah once i told him that 
all right, let's do it. I said, cool, let's go. Bro, and, and that's a record that still plays to this moment. No, you know what I'm saying? That go on right this second, that still go. But, um, again, it was such a confusing thing because you got people, you got Wale on the record literally saying, I'm like, got something for this Roscoe thing. And then, you know, you got Walker starting the record, making it sound like it's Wale and Roscoe, and I'm just on this. And then you hear on the radio, Walker Flocka featuring. Mm-hmm. Yo, how confusing is the music industry a, at one point? Was, yeah, there was like, a lot going on to make it like it was. <laughs> Like, it was a lot of behind the scenes. A lot of late night pulling up, teams talking, figuring out what's, what house is going to be advantageous for everybody to the point where I'm just like, bro, if, it was a situation. I don't know if I should even tell y'all this, but fuck it. I get in trouble for saying shit I'm not supposed to say all the time. All the time, man. Say no cash color kid. Hey, right? say no cash color kid. It's a high level of conversation. We, Why change it now? Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. All right. So, cool. Interscope did the dumbest thing they could have ever done to me. I, I believe Interscope. that. Don't get me wrong. I believe that. I think they did the most <laughs> retardedest shit they could ever do. No Hands came out the day after or two days after. I think I went and got, I went to a show the next day after that session. By the time I got on the ground there, it was a late night show. By the time I got on the ground at like 8, 9 o'clock, the song was out. It was going crazy. While they was about to drop a mixtape at that time, it was a lot of traffic going on for that shit, right? So come to find out, Interscope had released Wale and tried to take Wale off of No Hands. Oh, Nobody really? Ever, really, really, really? really. I'm going to point out a very important time here. The 2000 and I want to say 12 uh, BET Hip Hop Awards. If you go watch it, it was out here. Me and Walker are the only two people performing that song at that time. Wale is there. He's in the crowd. What is this? They're watching you in the crowd. No, it wasn't that. It was that the, the, he didn't have any, like, okay, so anybody who's ever been to, like, an award show or whatever knows that if you don't have no representation or if you're not signed to a major, they're going to try to, like, little boy you in there. They're going to try to, like, make you feel like you're not who you are just yeah. because they want to get their artists, you know what I mean, as a marketing thing. So I had to fight, me and Waka both, but I had to like literally fight to keep Wale on that song. That's why I gave the song up, to be like, yo, I'll give you the song. We, I don't even care about it coming out on my album or none of that shit. Just keep him on the song, period. Yo, you know what? The background story to No Hands speaks so much about loyalty. From, from Drummer Boy not wanting to give it up because of the, the, the Gucci session to you wanting to keep it together because of Wale. We needed him. You rarely hear like camaraderie like that in music. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Look, people be quick to steal is, a record. Man, it's, it's, it's about being smart and seeing the bigger picture. Like, yeah. I felt like God put us all in that room for a reason. You know what I mean? I had never even been around Wale before that session right there. We ended up being best friends for a long time after that session. You know what I mean? Like, through the transition of going to Maybach, all of that stuff. Like, we was every day with it you know what i'm saying so like i'll be doing myself a disservice to take him off the song because it would have just been some atlanta shit if that was the case it would have yeah. been waka flocka and roscoe dash the two turned up motherfuckers on some atlanta shit it would have never even made it to the tri-states it would have never made it you know what i mean yeah, so yeah, like yeah. we needed him just as much as he needed us on that record we needed him that's too. dope man that's, that's a dope okay. way to look at it i like the way you look at um the music industry in your in your path so far because that's not the only record like we got another one lotus flower bomb you know what i'm saying like you got a whole nother record miguel wale uh, number one, two, three, four record, you know what I'm saying, going forever, and there's no Roscoe Dash affiliation to it. Like, did you feel any personals about that? Or, is, again, is it something that helped you mature into a, that was a, who me you are? I to look out for my boy at the time. That was in the middle of that transition period that we was talking about, and I knew he needed a record, and I wanted to do I was just, I ain't gonna t- go into the whole spill about how that came about, but like, yeah. that was just me being a good friend and just wanted to see him through that situation. He needed something to go into that situation with. That's solid. I mean? That's solid, bro. Man, go ahead and be a good friend, man. Yeah, you know, God blesses people like that, yeah. bro. Do you feel like um you um you get recognized for the talent that you actually do present? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, they just had an ATL top 50 list like two weeks ago. I went crazy on Twitter and Instagram about that shit. I'm like, bro, what? You put you named 50, oh, you talking about Nick Love. <laughs> we talking about Nick Love? We talking about Nick Love? 
out of 50 oh, people, I don't get to be, I can't be 49 on that motherfucker. Like, I, I feel don't you. get to be, you know. You know, because I feel like this, when you try making lists as top 50, your first 10 are calculated thoughts. Everything after that, you're just naming people. Yeah, you're just naming people. Don't ever play me. Like, like you can't tell me you can name a 50 people in Atlanta that you feel are better than the other thousand, a million, 14 billion. Like, you can't tell me that, man. But you can tell me 10 of them. I'll give you 10. Yeah, I'll sure. give you 10 of them. I might give you 12. Yeah. Maybe. So you feel like, so you, you do feel like your talent has not been been recognized properly. Absolutely. Every what? ATL documentary, every, all that stuff, I never get included in none of that shit. Like, they just skip over my little segment. Bro, like, it's all good, man. You know what? But we got you here and you still touring and you still moving. And that's another question. You know, that's I, the best part. I had um, posed a question. My boy Z Rich um, had posed a question for me to ask you. And that mm-hmm. was, um, as an artist coming into the game, um, what could you what could you tell somebody about having early success and learning how to maintain um, your career in this game because a lot of people have early success pop off and they will fall off but you're still touring you're still doing what you do you know what I'm saying we still you're still literally doing doing not just club shows we see in stadiums we've seen a lot yeah, of stuff you still maintain great. a major career how is it that you're able to do that and what type of advice would you give to an artist behind stop you stop listening to motherfuckers oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself in that situation boy you better keep listening to yourself somebody else gonna be like oh man you heard the new uh, whatever that just came out where everybody on this way now we need to be doing this type of shit but yeah. you just stay true to who you are no matter what the beat is just be you like I love people like for instance when 2 Chains came out uh, when he was making the transition from Titty Boy right yeah all right I know he don't like when people talk about this but I'm just gonna I gotta say this because it was a monumental time for me but we like, get some exclusives tonight like <laughs> he was just being 2 Chains on every song didn't matter what the fuck song he got on bro he yeah. was gonna come on that motherfucker I'm pulled up my side of town yes. and he's him you know what I'm saying like he didn't change to be like oh let me go rap like this or let me go rap like the Migos or let me go it never was that you see what I'm saying that's yeah. what creates that longevity that's what puts you in the league of your own to make sure because yeah. nobody can take your gift from you that's your gift you yeah. know what I'm saying so yeah. once you start listening to everybody else that's when you dilute your shit 50 had to tell me that 50 cent pulled me in his office one day at this is 50 i had a this is 50 interview he pulled me in there he was like yo perspective is everything don't ever let these motherfuckers tell you that you shouldn't be doing what the fuck you do to get that got you here don't do that bro that's a real state i tell my nephew that stuff all the time like don't let people's words dictate Mm -hmm. your level of confidence you know what i'm saying like people try that all the time and even if they ain't trying to do it sometimes they subconsciously do that shit sometimes they don't even know they're doing that but they just poisoning your whole shit let's talk about weed man when was the first time you smoked bud (laughs) <laughs> He's like, he said, okay, let's talk about it smoking. Uh, my first time, I think I was 12. You I was a bad kid. To tell the truth. Yeah. I forgot you was a bad Let kid. Let me tell you how yeah. I did it. So I don't remember where we got the weed from. I think we got it from like the homie of the street because I don't remember how we got the weed. But anyway, me and one of my best friends at the time, he had a really strict dad. So he used to always tell on me, like, be like it was him that did this shit, but it was really him. So we had to uh, found some weed or whatever. I think we got it from like his older cousin or something like that. And we had to roll that shit up in some shoebox paper because we didn't even know what we was doing. Like, and I tell you, when I tell you that was the worst smoking experience for me because it burnt my fucking everything up, yeah. like all this shit. The next time was probably uh, 15. Really? 15. So it took you three years in between yeah. that to go. And can somebody get the door? It took you three t- years behind that to get to get back to Bud. Yeah, I had to rebuttal because I, I was scarred after the first thing. <laughs> Have you even thought, you, well, you were smoking shoe paper. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, mean, I didn't know then. I was like, shit, I didn't know, like, you know. We supposed to put this in a There's a good chance you smoking shoe paper, a bag of Reggie I out of somebody's sock. That, exactly. Like, there was a lot of happening. There was but a lot seen, happening. All I knew is that I seen some shit that looked like a paper. It looked like this. Yeah. Okay. And we need to make this shit look like this so we can smoke it. That's, that's all I knew. Bro, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> all kind of chemical contamination and shit like that. Have you thought about why you smoke? Like, has there ever been a... Have you sat down and thought to yourself, you know, you know, I smoke because I like... This helps me with creativity or this is one of them things that kind of... Um, 
it helps with a creative process or some shit like that. Have you thought about why you smoke? Yeah, I try to put my finger on it all the time so I can like try to cut back sometimes, but that shit never really works for me. I just, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I don't know if it's like the anxiety or I don't know if it's the creative part of it. Like I cannot be in the studio and not have no weed. Look, you know what it seems to me? You're really, you're, you have a lot of energy in you. Yeah. So maybe it's one of them things that kind of evens it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if I don't try to put me in a session with no yeah. weed, man, y'all not gonna get nothing but <laughs> fucking metronome and whatever the hell. That, <laughs> nothing, bro. So, uh, do you have a favorite strain? Indica, anything indica. Actually, if I really, had to you, if I had to give you some, yeah. If I had to give you something that's not an indica, I would say the KK shit. That at least the Khalifa Kush. Khalifa Kush. Good. So Chevy and Chevy's one of my really good friends, Chevy Woods. So last time I went to a session with him out of LA, he introduced me to the to the KK, mm -hmm. right? And some Hendrix Gin too, but the KK. Some Hendrix Gin. Yeah. So the KK is like a sativa that hits like an indica. So you know, like everybody wants that like that little. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It gives you that, but it's like the best work weed, better than the Jack Hera, all that shit. Like it is. Mm -hmm. KK good man like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna downplay it like KK KK really is good man I ain't gonna, I ain't, I ain't gonna say nothing I'm a person like um like I yo swear to God man Tuki Carter hit it on the head like I'm an OG person like I could I don't need anything else other than a regular ocean grown sativa bro I'm like good with that like my wife is, is an indica person because she's it puts her to sleep you know what I mean and I know it also does that to my body I'm somebody who actually needs to be all the way turned up so so me Agreed. me and anything sativa helps my life all across the board man. so yeah I'm a sativa person so we're gonna have to get you on a hybrid or something yeah man. I'm with the hybrid I'm with the okay. hybrid okay that's what's up I smoke some wedding cake I think I, got, I just got some wedding cake I got some cake something let's talk about your legacy man at the end of the day what do you want to be remembered for the most Changing the sound. I, I want to be known as like a trailblazer, somebody that's innovative, whether that be from like fashion to hair to like sound of music to the style that people are using to whatever. Like, I was a big T Pain fan, but I feel like I did some more justice to furthering what he had already put on the table as far as using the auto tune or like people singing over 808s or like. You know, even people being comfortable enough to wear color hair if I didn't do the glitter shit. You know what I mean? But now, if you looked at me with putting some glitter in my hair now in Atlanta, it'd be like, oh, he need to go to Bulldogs or some shit. But back then, it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Back then, it was like, it helped us get to the point where you could have your little Uzis or you could have your people with the color. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. Give people a little bit more personality and shit. So. Roscoe Dash with a top 10 Cash Color Canvas interview of all time. Man, hands down. <laughs> hands down, man. Hands down, man. So, uh, so what's next for you? So, what, what are you working with in 2020? Is there new music coming? Is there another oh, tour? Like, you know what can what? we expect? So look, back in 2010, mm -hmm. my whole motto was 2020. Okay. We here, bro. We I'm here so now. Fucking happy that we right here on 2020, bro. I'm about to go so crazy. Man, bro. April gonna be lit. 420 uh, all month. Man, and I'm an Aries too, so it's really gonna be lit. Like, I'm. It's gonna go. You know, try that. One yes, time. I will. <laughs> it's it's gonna go up. So um, I'm working on a lot of, you know, I just came off of a 72-song project in December. Yes. The largest urban music project to date. <clears throat> um, I got two singles out since then. I'm just trying to, like, hold people over till I can do what I'm really going to do top of the year. And I know everybody, I miss, trust me, it kills me to miss out on summers. Like, yeah, you like that? You got a little something to it? You yeah, like, oh, you want like that sativa? No, nah, that, I like that. I like the taste of it. Yeah, I like the taste of it. Yeah. I like the taste of it. But uh, just more sound, man, more innovativeness, more pushing and furthering the culture. I feel like, and this is another thing I probably shouldn't say, but fuck it. So I feel like for a while people didn't know what to do in music. I feel like I abandoned a post that I had to be able to like put people on the next thing that was to come. So like 
nobody was holding out their words and shit like that and with the auto-tune stuff or without the auto-tune even like just changing the style of music period and I felt like that's why we've been in this whole era which is not nothing wrong with the era don't get me wrong because it should be jamming but like it's time for some new shit you know yeah. what I'm saying I'm ready to do that my boy, man. I appreciate you coming <laughs> yeah, through tonight. Man. Dash, man. One of my favorite interviews already, man. That's, I appreciate that. And that's Roscoe Dash, and this is Cash Color Campus, high level of conversation brought to you by Peak Relief. We'll be right back.